Welcome to the Super Hot Bad Guy Podcast, the place where we talk about the bad guys and gals from film and TV and discuss why we find them so sexy. This is Markella Dykvist. Natasha Baptiste. Eric Blake. Guess what? I did that completely um, from my head because we don't have the script in front of us anymore. No. Um, we're in Eric's basement mm. during a heat wave. Not in the basement, though. It's cold no, in the basement. Nice in the basement. No, it's like... It's store a dead body here. I mean, I'm in a in winter. In winter, it is so cold down here. But it's cold as in I'm in a tank top and I feel really great right now. Like yeah. it's that kind of cold. If either of you need blankets, my mom knitted these. Oh, these that's blankets that fantastic on your Pee Wee Herman chair. Yeah. How are you, Eric? I'm doing well. I've been doing a lot of uh, stormtrooping stuff, and then I finally got to start playing a D and D game, which. It's something I'm super into, but I haven't been able to be part of a, a game in a long time. But I really value it as a way of storytelling and cooperative play, and uh, I'm super pleased to how be doing many, that. How many rounds have you done? So we've done three sessions so far. Well, four of you include, we did a character creation session, which is yeah. great, because you just get to sit there and roll a bunch of dice, figure out what your character's going to be. For me, that that's more important, because like, I like to come up with a character voice and stuff, so it's worth it to kind of flesh things out and then head into the story. I like the idea of D&D. I, I still feel like I could never play that because I get a certain amount of stage fright no matter where I am or what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, not really for podcasts, interestingly, but for D&D, if I have like five people staring at me and it's like a live like improv type situation, I have no idea. Yeah, what about you, Natasha? I think it's all fun, mm-hmm. except it's DNA always feels just really complicated. I think that's what like holds me back from wanting to play. Like it always sounds like you really fun. The rules. Yeah, like there's so many rules, and then like knowing what each character can do and not do. And I mean, it's not like I couldn't learn it, but I just feel like can we just play chess or something? <laughs> like I never really I already to know how to it's too like. Hard for me too. I like both. <laughs> <laughs> I can play Go. But to a certain extent, isn't Go more complicated than chess? Because it just, it's infinite moves. Yeah. Uh, Natasha, how are you? I'm really good. Let's see. Been to some weddings. How when... do you know so many people getting married? Uh, I have no idea. I think it's just that time <laughs> where all my friends are like, or a lot of them are getting married. Like, best friend got engaged, so helping her plan crap and it's wedding season oh yeah and like her she's easy because she is definitely not she has not been dreaming of her wedding since she was five (laughs) um so hers is really easy she just doesn't care as long as there's food and like music and um be careful but did she have her wedding oh no not yet okay because that's what i did and mine kind of fell through like it's not exactly it was a little bit messier than because i was just like oh yeah i don't care whatever like we didn't have um caterers yeah and that in hindsight was a mistake even though it seemed like it seems like so much money yeah yeah. i'm pretty sure she's not gonna have caterers either. so we're gonna have to like figure something out but she has a pretty big family up here so i think it will all pull itself together do like five to six hours of planning i would just get two food trucks 
That's what one of I my clients think, did, actually. That's all I'm, I've been thinking about lately. It's like, if I was doing a wedding right now, I'd just get two food trucks. That's basically what my client did. Her mom made the cake and a bunch of the desserts, like the cupcakes and uh-huh. stuff, and the cookies, and then she literally got like this food truck to come, and she got married at her parents' house. So oh, it was like nice. super easy, chill. Because that is the caterer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it makes it like so much easier. I'll have to suggest that because I totally forgot that my client did that and it worked out perfectly. But yeah, it's weddings and kind of help, not really, but like kind of helping my boyfriend plan his walk party thing. But it's mostly just been him For, uh, what, working uh, every day. What side of town? <laughs> um, it's in Capitol Hill. So it's in East or North Capitol Hill, East Capitol Hill um, on Summit and Mercer. And it's free. Um. So, yeah. Markella has extremely discreet ice for her. <laughs> so I was about to ask her what she's been up to, but she just had a wisdom tooth removal. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to hear some ice. Sorry, <laughs> that's going to be like this sound. That is Eric's frozen cauliflower wrapped nice. in a shirt. The ice pack was too far back. <laughs> I couldn't find it. Cool. Yeah, that's it. That's all I've been up to. What so. Natasha, you, we had a conversation before we hit record about wisdom teeth. So I got mine removed two days ago, and I'm, like, in some pain right now. Uh, I have to wait until I get home to take my is hydrocodone. I think that's what it's called. But it makes me fall asleep in the first hour, so I can't take it until I get back home tonight. But, Eric, Natasha was never put to sleep when she got her wisdom teeth taken out. Wow. <laughs> Your <laughs> dentist was a real villain. Like when you said that, he's kind of an asshole when I think about it now. When you said that, I pictured this happening in like the late seventies or something. But then I realized that you're a couple years younger than me, so I'm like, what the fuck? Like, so they gave why? you a, a local anesthetic, and you were awake for the whole thing. Yeah, they just gave me a bunch. Ugh. They just like pretty much stabbed me in the gums a couple, a bunch Ugh. of times with like local anesthetic, and then they put these goggle things on me so I can watch a movie, but it was like Bambi, which is weird. I was like 16 and- How is this legal in Washington? I have no idea, but my mom was pissed. And and then they only gave me like Tylenol, and I was like, okay, cool. Because I know that Lacey is a small town, but- the fuck? I think maybe a big clue in was that my dentist was in a strip mall next to the Safeway. So maybe- go to a dentist in like a business center did you say that it hurt a lot or no it didn't hurt it just sounded like they were breaking my teeth into pieces and then pulling the pieces out that's kind of what it sounds like when you're awake you're a lot stronger than me because i so i have needle shock and what i what we had to work out before i came in for my surgery was um how to get them to be able to give me the needle to make me go under so I wouldn't feel the pain. So needle shock is when you basically like have a panic attack and like throw up and like cry. If a needle is around you, like if you see a needle, you'll like freak out because you think it's going to like magically stick in you. Um, <laughs> so what we worked out was they gave me this anxiety pill that's designed kind of for the purpose of people that have needle shock. So I go in having taken this pill an hour beforehand and I'm kind of like, whatever. Then they put the laughing gas on like over my face to distract me from the needle and the nurse, and I can't even see them because I have a gas mask over me. And she's like, 
oh, it's like something about, she started talking about the new It movie. And I was like telling her that it was going to be wonderful. And then he, the guy stuck me with a needle to distract me. And he's like, it's going to be wonderful. And I was like, I just mean like, it looks really scary. So I think it's great that a, mo a scary movie is actually going to be scary. And then I fell asleep. And so the <laughs> next thing I knew, I was like waking up. But that's how I, that's my falling asleep story. But you I don't have not one. got that. No, not at all. I don't remember getting a needle to get put under either. I think I just got... How did you... Just the gas? I think just gas. Uh, huh. But I'm also really okay with needles where I actually prefer not to look away because it's just like, that kind of psychs me out even more. So I just look and it's like, well, you know, maybe I won't describe that to someone with needle shock, but, you know, it's like, boink! And uh. then it just kind of, like, it just says another... It's never bothered me. It's always been more of like a... Uh, it's not even a fascination. It's just like, just look at it. And then you know exactly what's, when you're going to feel what. Like embrace mm -hmm. the pain. Because I can, I used to look away and I just never noticed. And then now it's just like, I still kind of don't. I don't know. It hurts so Only bad. Look when and it's like in your body. Blood. It's like you're letting something go into your body where there's no opening. It's like making its own opening. And like, I don't know. The last time I had to get a shot was... um. Like, I was crying like normal, uh, uncontrollably, and then, like, I got in my car, and I drove, like, down the street, and then I had to, like, pull over and throw up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just can't look while it's going in, but I like to see them draw blood. Mm. Cool. It's like, whoa. Well, anyway. <laughs> this has been tiptoe around the topic. <laughs> Our new segment. Uh, Natasha, you chose the perfect host, which I was so excited about. Me too. And it, it turns out this last time, like, I wasn't quite ready to watch it again because I had seen it twice before and I, yeah. like, loved it. But, like, this time, it's, I don't know, it's weird because there's a lot of stuff that I didn't remember that was still, like, cool, like, little yeah. surprises. And then Eric said it was, like, super boring and he fell asleep. No, I, I fell asleep last night watching it for the second time. The first time, because oh. I was just, the I read the synopsis, then watched it, then watched it again last night. And uh, it's not that it's so much boring. It's just that for me, the tension that gets built doesn't get built enough. So yeah. it sort of has this kind of like undulating sort of it like wave to it. Waves. I and really for me, I do think that David Hyde Pierce is great. But I think the main character, because I never feel his tension, he's supposed to be the audience, you know. And, and yeah, he's I, really not. Yeah, yeah, I just never felt afraid. I guess, and that was yeah. hard. But um. There were moments where it was just David Hyde Pierce where I was like, okay, this is creeping me out and like this is working because I'm not seeing the other person's reaction, yeah. but I I enjoyed it overall. Like he's not, our protagonist isn't a very good avatar for us. Yeah. He never really seems that afraid, so it's always, I'm not sure if I'm also just supposed to be confused because he is or I'm supposed to be just sort of going with it. Well, look, I'm going to oh. look up that actor's name because I don't remember Something. him. Clayne Crawford? Yeah. I actually, I mean, as much as his character doesn't really work in this movie, I still like his performance. I think he's a good, he's a fine actor. But, like, I haven't seen him in much. Like, he did a failed, I think it's a failed, he, he's in the <laughs> TV version of, oh, the cop movie that's, like, really big in the 80s. 
It's like two cops. Lethal, lethal weapon. Lethal weapon. He's in that. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, they made a show. Yeah. Oh. I know. Fails. Oh, That's yeah. why. I... Yeah. They're better as movies. <laughs> mm. I kind of had a. I liked him. My impression of him was that uh, maybe I'm going to be the harsh one on this movie. I don't know why, but you will be. I felt that um, he reminded me more of like a porn actor because. There was just so much cockiness and like there was never a moment where I thought he was like vulnerable and afraid of what was going on. And I kind oh. of so that was kind of part well, of like what made it hard. Guy. Hang on, my mom is calling. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I turned off the thing and then she called me back, so I had to answer it. Um I thought what were we talking about? That he never seems scared. I think he seems scared, but he just didn't seem typically scared. Like, mm-hmm. he fell into the, like, okay, I'm going to do what you asked me to do. Like, I'm not going to be afraid of you type of thing. Where he, like, he made that joke where the guy was like, hey, is everyone having a good time? And he was like, and everybody in his mind was saying they were bored. And he was like, I don't know about everyone else, but I'm having a great time. Like, just trying to be fun with it. And then he kept getting like force fed wine, which was weird. But I think like those times where he was really scared was when he kept going back in time when he was like with his girlfriend. And then all of a sudden you'd see him like in this pool, like yelling, but he was like incoherent. And like it started to go downhill fast because before he was just like on the couch being fed like alcohol and pills and then all of a sudden it's like what's happening like i'm passing out i'm blacking out because he was giving him i mean i don't know if it was just roofies or if it was something more specific but what's the drug where because it see i was gonna try and look it up but i couldn't really find the words to like even google it but yeah isn't there something where because like when he was in the pool uh john his name is john When John was in the pool, it's like he couldn't really move, but he was conscious. Yeah. So isn't that not There's, really a roofie? That's it's not like roofie, something else. It's something else. It's like a Benadryl, like Benny's, or see, I don't know. I couldn't even. I was. I couldn't even find the words to like find out. So there is a drug like that. It makes you you like lose control of your like muscles. Yeah. And if you. If they give you too much, then you can, like, stop breathing. They use it a lot in, like, horror films and thrillers. So you look that up, and then to your point of, like, oh, he wasn't acting like he was scared unless, like, the drugs really kicked in and stuff like that. Did you notice in the movie the only non-villains? I mean, we're covering the villain that's David Hyde Pierce in this film, but in this film, the only people that are not a villain is basically uh, Warwick's... I don't know, second in command, like the his partner or the yeah yeah, yeah. the detective he's working and that's with it. yeah. Because you see, you open with John at the convenience store. John's a bad guy. the The story gets robbed by this lady. She's a bad guy. The convenience store guy's a total asshole, and points the gun at him. So he sucks. He's a bad guy. I guess the neighbor lady's fine, but like, Warwick's the bad guy. Um, all of Warwick's friends that aren't, you know, they're fictional, they're, they're technically all, everyone in the movie is a villain. So, like, yeah, John isn't just a guy that's supposed to be afraid of everything. Yeah. Because that's not what this movie is. Well, he wasn't afraid in the convenience store either. He was just like, fuck, can she get done? Exactly. And, but I'm saying that's why. (laughs) It's because this is a movie where everyone is kind of 
a bad dude. And we haven't even started to talk about. <laughs> yeah, so we're covering Warwick. <laughs> uh, Warwick Wilson. Mm-hmm. And he looks like Niles Crane. Yeah. Uh, he dresses in a very fine fitted suit, expensive. Uh, I guess maybe picture Niles Crane just with shorter hair and maybe a little bit thinner. I did like this character because he's not Niles Crane, though. Like, <laughs> maybe it was typecasting as far as, like, nice house. But I think his character was actually, like, a little crazier in different ways. Oh, for sure. I have some snippets of people's reviews that I can share later on of just them kind of poking fun at, like, it's Niles. And which is, that's what how Natasha brought it up last time. Yeah. How you were, like, watching it, and you are like, Niles? Niles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's totally like, Niles? Why? Niles! <laughs> what happened to you? So he has this very nice house, and he's, um, I don't know, when, when John shows up, you think that John, I don't know, it's, okay. I don't know how you're supposed to, like, approach this movie, because in the trailer, you know that uh, Warwick is, like, the the bad guy. So, like, you already know part of the twist of the film. But, like, yeah. when it starts out, John gets to the house. Warwick is acting like a very gracious host. He's, like, really cool and he's swanky and he's very helpful and attentive. And, like, he takes charge. Like, he, um, John says he loses his luggage at the airport and Warwick's just, like, right on it, like, calling the, the people and, like, doing all of this helpful stuff. And so maybe if you go into the movie when you don't actually know what happens, you're thinking like, oh, well, maybe John pushes Warwick into this corner and Warwick like becomes this like aggressor and like turns the tables on him. And that's not what happens as you find out, you know, that he's like super like ready for it. Yeah. So that's interesting. It's just most of this movie is trying to figure out actually like how warwick actually behaves and how he's pretending to behave because a lot of this movie is him pretending on purpose yeah and so half of the time we don't know and half of the time the other characters around him don't know oh that's what i liked about the movie it was weird but i did read this one i don't know how old this girl was but she seemed kind of young it was like this fan fiction about the one scene where he was talking to john no. No, the policeman? No. He was talking to Chelsea. So the blonde girl that keeps coming <laughs> in and out. Yes. And like Ow. he's hitting on her against the wall and doing all this stupid and saying all this like stupid crap. And <laughs> <laughs> this girl like wrote this whole story out, like love story, based on like that one scene and I was like, um, no don't shame people don't kink shame. I'm not I'm not kink shaming okay. at all. Like, no, it wasn't like a kinky thing, it was like she made it seem like it was more romantic than it was. And I was like, no, this was not like a romantic thing. This was like him playing out some fantasy in his own head. Like this had nothing to do with like love. He's up against the wall, like hitting on her. And she's like, what about Laura? He's like, oh, she's in Australia. That's so sweet that someone wrote a story about that. Yeah. And she That's made so it sweet. really, really sweet. And I was like, this would kind of be sweet if he... The way, the reason why I was like, oh, not romantic, because she kind of compared it to when he was on Frasier with um, Daphne. And it was like, no, no, no. This Makes me wonder, like, how people <laughs> approach movies. Yeah. Do you think anybody thought that the 
party goers were coming and going or they were imaginary. The first time I saw it, I thought they were like, I was like, what's happening? Like, Well, you're supposed to know right off the bat that they're imaginary when they show up, I mean. Like before that, when he's like saying people are going to come over, you Mm -hmm. think people are coming over. But like the very first scene that they're in, it's showing that table back and forth when they're there and they're not. Yeah. So what did you, what do you mean? I just wonder if um, she's basing the Chelsea thing on like, maybe he got him really fucked up on whatever he drugged him with. And he did have people coming and going like (laughs) that actually, that would have been an even crazier movie. (laughs) Yeah. Like much more elaborate. Where does yeah. he hide those people when the neighbor comes over? You know, yeah. like what if the oh, yeah. whole movie was that there was really a party, but John just like couldn't see anyone, <laughs> or he's just like blacking out so often that every time he goes down, he's like, "Okay, everybody leave." So when he wakes back up, I'm dancing by myself again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it wasn't until like when I saw it again, or I kind of rewatched that scene, and then I kept watching it, and when Warwick was dancing on the table, and his those five people were like dancing or four or five people were dancing with him and then everybody else in the party was sitting on the ground like clapping like mm-hmm. i didn't see them before in the first time and even the second time i didn't even really like pay attention and i was like where do those people go like <laughs> when i watched the scene and i was like holy shit and it was like really weird because they're all behind him like yeah there's like, like a whole, it's it's a whole yeah, choreographed like, dance shit. number and stuff and it's like he built all these people up in his mind to like boost his ego and because they're constantly praising him and like the one person in his brain that like was kind of like it's boring this party's boring Rick what are we doing all of a sudden it's like there's like 30 people there and it's not boring anymore and he's like is everyone having a good time like, such a cool party yeah like, party. <laughs> he throws a good party <laughs> I mean I don't know what John was going through but like Warwick I, like he does this all the time like it's established in this movie that he's done this so many times with so many different people and again like at the end of the film he's just like setting up another party and like no wonder he doesn't take his pills so yeah. <laughs> another thing based on that was do you think i actually think i might have been more like creeped out if they never showed the imaginary party goers because his mime is really good like when when the night's getting onwards and he's getting pretty drunk like he's like flirting with somebody and like someone like pinches his ass but this is all done in mime and he's just like oh you're so drunk like person who pinched my ass and i was like when i saw that scene i was like his mime is so effective that i think it actually could have been really creepy to never show the the imaginary people um i feel like the only scene that they did that because they were going for the creep factor was at the very end when john wakes up in the bathtub and Warwick is doing the love me scene. And I had to watch that with Eric. And it reminded me that every time I've seen this movie, I always imagine him having sex with a puppet. Because, so it's the only time we don't, they don't show us who his imaginary friends are. So we don't know who he's sleeping with. Sleeping with. Yeah. Who we he's don't know who, who he's. Porking in the bathroom. We don't yeah. know who he's sleeping with against the sink. Yeah. But I just, in my head, I'm always, like, substituting, like, a Muppet from, like, Sesame Street. Yeah. I don't know why. That's just A different Muppet goes. every time. Yeah. No, it's the same. Aww. She's purple. And she's not anamorphic. Uh, uh, Anthro? Anthro. She's not in a human form. It's just, like, a four-legged Muppet. <laughs> Maybe I need to rethink my... Or write a fan fiction. Yeah. No, I, that's not... 
I think I shouldn't have said any any of that. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> it's coming out of my mouth. It actually sounds way weirder than like how I thought about it in my head. So Psst, apologize. It made me laugh because I was like cycling through the imaginary guests. And I was like, well, could have been any one of them. Seems yeah. seems like he likes a party. But uh, then but anyway. you said Muppet, and the first Muppet I thought of was uh, the woman in the band with the hair over her bangs, like <laughs> yeah. the, Janet. Yeah, I think uh, her name Janice. Is Janice, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it would look funny because the hair would be, flying, be flying around. Yeah, <laughs> that really redeemed that scene for me. Right. <laughs> oh um, my gosh, smiling is really making my face hurt, but it's it's time <laughs> to get sorry. serious then. Yeah. All right. So do you want to just describe what? David Hyde Pierce looks like in this movie. Well, like I said, it's like a skeleton of Niles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think he is meant to be attractive because sometimes we cover villains that there was an intent for them to be attractive to the viewer, and sometimes there isn't, and and people just find them attractive. And um, I think the attraction to this character in this movie comes from uh, hordes and hordes of women. Just being in love with Niles all through the the Frasier series, yeah. and then watching this movie and being like, it's he, it's him. He's in a suit. It's like Niles. He's just a little bit older. And then also, I just think that um, Warwick's character is a very attractive character with his behavior and his confidence, and he's like super crazy, but he's very cultured. He's, he's very cultured. He throws a great party. Like yeah. he's a really good cook. He's He's fancy. He and he's takes, not wasteful. Yeah, he's artistic. Yeah. Like, there's so much to unpack in this movie. And like we always do, like, we're always all over the place with this podcast. So we're always having to, like, go back and, like, grab at things. Like, for instance, um, Warwick. His name is spelled Warwick. And I don't, I don't know. I guess I've heard the name Warwick before. But I don't know, like, to my knowledge, I don't know if Warwick's are usually spelled Warwick mm -hmm. or if Warwick's usually prefer Warwick. Like Warwick Davis. Like Warwick Davis. Isn't it Warwick Davis? I think it's Warwick. Is it Warwick? I think it's Warwick. I could oh, be wrong, though. We'll have to double check this I don't know. I never one. saw extras. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? Oh, okay. So, all around, Warwick as a whole, he is a policeman who, when he's around his policeman friends he drops his fanciful i don't know accent i i wouldn't yeah. really call it an accent but like he speaks a certain way yeah when we first meet him he's, he's just more macho he's just more like yeah. loose in the face like much more expressive and just kind of like yeah yeah um like a party gay and yeah. i feel like that is the real him even though it's weird because he's playing a character for john but then when you see him with the policeman that's not his real voice. Like, he's pretending when he's speaking yeah. to them. He yeah. has schizophrenia, and so... But he, like, manages that shit. Like, he yeah. gets to work, and he's just like, whatever, doing my job, I'm a detective, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden... But he's driving in the car, and all of his, like, per other personalities are, like, behind him, just, like, <laughs> wearing police suits and... Because he took one pill, and I yeah. guess that's the middle of the road. Yeah. Because without the pills, he has the parties, and he does that on purpose. He skips his pills so he can have a good time. Yeah. And, I mean, who wouldn't if you can do all of that in your head? But also, you would never like, need friends. he did all that makeup and shit, too. Like, the video he took of himself. Like, exactly. Cutting like, himself, and then 
how he like he made that guy look like he had slit his throat and threw him in the trash but he was fine so when we when we're seeing all of that we're in a part of the movie where you think all of that is real and so when you're seeing the movie for the first time you're thinking like buffalo bill from the silence of the lambs like even down to like the the silky robe that's all open and he's just like cutting himself and you're just thinking like at that point you're thinking oh he's really slicing his chest open yeah and he has this scrapbook of all of these people that he's murdered yeah and even the scrapbook is really i mean it's kind of a shitty scrapbook the scrapbook can we talk about the scrapbook for a second because there's only (laughs) one guy and the rest are drawings and the one guy looks almost the same in each, like, hour. And I'm like, I know, pause, well, squints. It's like, is he a little more cut up? Like, what does he do to them? Yeah. I feel like that's maybe that's a problem confused. that the movie had, like, budget-wise. This was like, a, they fucked like, up making the movie. This was yeah. one of those things that, like, it is failed indie. to build the tension for me. It's like, and not that I need gore, but, like, even that guy. I was like, that guy also doesn't seem scared. <laughs> no, he looked scared to me. He looked just like dead in the eyes. I think we were supposed to think that this is a very large scrapbook and we're supposed to think that there's other people in it, but they were just showing us the story of just this one, one guy, guy, which yeah. isn't uh, as effective, but like maybe they just, the bu- they didn't have the budget to have like two sliced up people and show us two people and they thought it would be enough for us to see the booklet and then go through like one yeah. person's like step by step. I think I feel like that's why he doesn't seem that scared in the first half either because he doesn't really start going back in time as to why he ended up where he's at now or John ended up where he's at now in the movie until after he sees the film where he's cutting himself because he sees the scrapbook yeah. and then he looks at the clock and that's when you actually see him get like a little bit scared because he doesn't realize how and then, bad of a situation he's in yeah and then it and then he looks at the clock like oh it's only nine and he's like oh you have a couple more hours you're fine <laughs> and then um and then he starts playing along with the guy because he's like okay i gotta because figure it's out fun yeah like he has to <laughs> it's a good party because he's like oh i gotta play along because i don't know what's gonna happen to me and then as soon as he sees the movie where he's like everyone's bored and before all the people show up he shows him that movie of him cutting himself and he's like fuck all right cool this is happening and then he just keeps getting drugged and then warwick also by also by the end of the movie when we realize everything is fake Warwick has that huge makeup case. And so what I'm thinking is he's in, not the Hollywood Hills, but he's in, I I don't know that much about LA area, but he's in the LA area. He's up in the hills. Uh, I don't know if he knows makeup artists, but he definitely has the skills. Yeah. And so he just, he has schizophrenia, but he also has these two fully developed double lives where he is a policeman and he has all these relationships with people. But he also, he has all these fake friends. He cooks these amazing dinners. He's very artistic. He is a makeup artist. He he makes these crazy videos that are very sadistic. And he's a very, um, he's a very sadistic guy. Like, he is a villain. He doesn't kill people, but he takes, like, a, like I don't know, like, small crime people. And he tortures them psychologically well and physically because he is beating them up he is physically kidnapping them yeah um he's just not killing them but you know the person he's the most violent to in the whole movie is a toll booth attendant who he knocks out 
I mean, yeah, oh, the main yeah. character. He yeah. knocks the main character out with drugs, and then like he punches them, a and he pushes times. him yeah. against the door and slaps the Aunt John. Yeah, he punches them. And Does then, he punch John? He punches them like really, twice. He was really fucked up with John because he think he makes John think that he's letting him go, and then he taunts him, and then John thinks he stabs him, and he's like, ha ha ha, think again. And then ties him up again. It is yeah, like, purpose. Who grabs yeah. the knife instead of the sword, by the way? <laughs> well, I don't think it would have made a difference. Like, yeah, I think they were all fake things. His, oh, and also, his entire house is a fun house because he has this very minimalist, very fancy, expensive poolside place that's all like glass windows and all of that, like LA, whatever. But then if you notice in the film, like, really quickly, he has to grab, like, a Halloween mask. He opens a really fancy cupboard, and the com- the cupboard is absolutely empty except for three Halloween masks. And he grabs one of them. Like, his entire house is just his, like, imaginary, Im- imaginary world. He has this huge, like, secret layer underneath yeah. everything. I feel like surface. his whole, this whole thing with him kidnapping people and keeping them... Like, it's his way of making films that he can never make. Like, he has this whole other side of him. Even when, at the end of the movie, his partner comes to his house. He's wearing the silk robe, and all of a sudden, he's wearing, like, this dingy cotton robe yeah. when he an- answers the door. And he's not like, hello! He's just like, oh, hey, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, what do you want? Okay, fine, I'll be ready in ten minutes. Like, totally yeah. just like this. But the whole other time, he's like, silk robe, he's kind of dancing around the house, mm-hmm. like... And I feel like his whole other side of his head or his whole other side of his brain is just like, this is just a movie. Like, I'm creating my own films and you're one of the stars and you're going to do exactly what I want you to do. It's like he manages his life, except for he doesn't, because he he manages to do really shitty, evil things. Yeah. But he manages it. And that's what this movie is about. So it's like, he's got everything taken care of, but what he's doing is really wrong. Like, he is kidnapping people and torturing people that he believes, like, deserves it. Like, there's the line at the end um, of the film when he's talking to his policeman buddy, and he's like, he says something about, like, in some other country, they their laws are a lot stricter. In Singapore, in th- you whatever. get a fine for spitting on the ground and uh, drugs is death. Yeah, and he's like, America isn't like that. And so, like, to him, he has this creative outlet and he just uses it to, like, to, I don't know, give people what he thinks they deserve. This is a very cool movie, and there is a lot of problems with it. Like, it's an indie film. Like, they could have done more. The, end- the ending isn't that great. And to be yeah. honest, I feel like the parts that work the least in the movie are the flashbacks that John has. Because yeah. nobody really cares about John. I mean, we care about him the no- the most when he's, like, in the house, like, discovering all of this stuff about Warwick and his yeah. personalities. But, like, all the stuff about John and his um, girlfriend, like, I just don't care. I don't yeah. feel like anybody cares. I don't think anybody cares. And how <laughs> they, like, tried to make a whole nother twist at the end of the movie where, like, oh, your girlfriend played you and da 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 Like, it was really stupid. Like, it just didn't need to be there. What they could have done is never shown any of the flashbacks, just had little bits and pieces of his story of, like, this is why he robbed the bank, like, this is why he's here, and getting those pieces from the policeman, like, in their investigation of him. And then at the end of the movie, when he's running around, like, making phone calls and trying to find the car and trying to find her, 
if they had built up like more suspense and more emotion in those scenes with just him and then showed her at the end, that would have worked so much better. Yeah, because it didn't really work with... Yeah, his whole story was yeah. like, okay, are you trying to make him sympathetic? Like, he was already tied up. It's like, okay, your girlfriend has appendicitis, because that's where she keeps grabbing, and yeah. uh, <laughs> she just won't go to the hospital and get that taken care yeah. of? Like, like yeah. why? And that would have kept the movie, because I feel like the movie's really split between, here's John in Warwick's house, and then here's John in his flashbacks, and then and then here's more of John's story after he leaves Warwick's house. But if they had done it without the flashbacks, then it would have been like, Here's John at Warwick's house, and then here's John out of Warwick's house, and this is what happens to both of those characters. She shows up, like, at the car in the garage. Yeah. Much better. Because I feel like you don't want to take anything away from what the central storyline of the movie was. Yeah, I feel like they just put those flashbacks in to make him seem more sympathetic, which they didn't really need to do. And it's I, okay to not have a sympathetic character. That's understandable. <laughs> like, and I, I used to think that too. I think the first or second time I saw the movie, I was like, I was in the position of like, oh yeah, like he robbed a bank, but like he's he's not the bad, like he's not the villain. He he has this girlfriend he needs to take care of, and and this crazy guy is just like you know has kidnapped him now, and so like I was kind of going through those like motions. Yeah. The first time, but. Now that I've seen it a couple times, it's like, I don't, I don't really like the way that it went. I keep going back and forth because at the end where he wakes up in the trash and he runs <laughs> away, I, at the end of when he was thrown in the trash, I'm like, well, that's dumb. Like that's right outside your house. Like your neighbor saw him. True. And then he woke up and he like took all the shit off of him and started running off. I was like, okay, so all those people in the book, they were just fake killed but still even if that happened and he had supposedly done this to a whole book full people where's all those people where are all those people and at the end of the movie he says you want to come over for a dinner party to his partner so it's not like he can do the same thing he did to john to his partner and his partner's just not going to say anything exactly he had to have killed some of these people it's a dumb ending and one of the one of the things they throw in at the end too where so I could have used more things about this villain where like, make it, like, maybe the cops know that he does makeup stuff on the side, and they're like, kind of like, either <laughs> teasing about it or like, you know, just like, how's your side job going? Because we don't make enough money being cops. I could have like, done for some of that to make just more dimension to the, the main villain, but uh, they threw away something great when they were like, oh, you know my neighbor lady, she's always calling and she's so crazy. All the crazy shit she called oh, yeah. in should be his shit. Like, every yeah. person he leaves outside. I never thought about and this that. This is where, for me, it comes back to the scrapbook. Because I'm like, yeah. it's a bunch of notepad It's a bunch of notepad drawings and the one guy on Polaroid. That's what I just couldn't get was like, okay, come on. Like, I mean, I guess I could get why no one really investigated him because he's a cop. So they're just like, okay, your neighbor lady is like nosy and stupid. And he's like a, but he's like a chief or something. I don't know what the word is. He's He's a lieutenant. Yeah. Cause he has his own office and shit, but like not all those people could just be like throwaway people. Like, cause the guy in his notebook looked like he was, he was like kind of emaciated a little bit. He looked like he had maybe been there for a while and like, he was maybe a little strung out. Like, it was just, like, they didn't make him look like a business guy that he had taken off the street. Like, he, it was definitely someone who had hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't know. I just felt like maybe instead of doing flashbacks with John, they should have just flashbacks with Warwick. Like, oh, I could have used so much more Warwick. When he was a kid or mm-hmm. like doing scenes instead of in the perspective of the person, like of John when he was in the pool, like blurred out scenes where he like couldn't really talk and he didn't really know what was going on. I don't know. It could have used more of that instead of just like flashbacks of John, Who? which who cares? Like, I don't care why you robbed the bank. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> what did you guys think of John's, or not John, but um, the way Warwick walks? It changes. Yeah, it keeps cool. changing. Cause yeah. When we just watched the last bit again, he's walking away with the briefcase, and I was like, what is that walk? Like, I don't know if it's his manly cop walk, or like he's just like, go pay attention to me, walk. But yeah. it's like so different than how he saunters about his house. You I don't know. know. Like, he was like if really giddy, too. I don't know if it's David Hyde Pierce. He's or... got two walks. Well, the first time you see him in the movie, I think he's walking with like two glasses of wine or something. But he's walking like... Like a cartoon snake or like a he lizard floats in like a his house. Yeah. yeah, like a Disney movie. He totally flips. Like he his I can't describe it. It's like his body's going one way and his neck is going another way. Like like there's a song playing. He's bobbing along, and they do show like whenever he's dancing and you see the imaginary people, there's music, and then when it cuts back. There's no music. There's no so music. I, I thought that was a little creepy too. That was actually a good touch where it's yeah. like, he's not even playing music. He's just being real creepy up in his head right now. Music yeah. was so weird too. It was like a post-disco type. Like, is that what works into? Because it doesn't look like it. Because it's mean, like classy disco. It's yeah. like, uh, it goes to classical later on. It does, yeah. But strange. like it starts off with this more like jazz, but yeah. kind of more upbeat jazz it's it's all over the place to be honest yeah it's not what i would play at parties no not at all it sticks out um did you guys notice his bare feet is he like that throughout the whole movie like when he's having his party is he barefoot the whole time i don't think so he has shoes when he's dancing on the table he definitely had shoes when he was dancing on the table he had shoes when he crawled across the table with the knife when he okay i think when john first shows up warwick doesn't have any shoes or socks on and so i always feel like having bare feet in movies is so on purpose and so i was wondering what the purpose was in this movie of having warwick be barefoot and this was when john first shows up and so what i wrote down was like with question marks i was like is it vulnerability is it showing that warwick is like vulnerable at this point or is it showing like invincibility because it honestly could mean either one and they're both so opposite yeah because like if you're barefoot in a movie it means that you don't give a fuck like nothing can hurt you like you have this like smug like you're, Wait, you're, you're gonna be fine it's the president diehard or it's the opposite <laughs> exactly when he was at home getting ready i mean he wasn't even in a suit yet but what i'm confused about is who was he planning on having at the dinner party because he has His dinner parties. Imaginary to, friends. I know that, but he has dinner parties when he's kidnapping people. So who was supposed to be kidnapped? Because um, that what? guy just showed up. I he think might do this every night. I actually did. I got the impression that he was just gonna do his thing, whether or not he showed up. I don't think it had anything because to do with that guy. Because the postcards are like crab nuts. Is that yeah. a right? It's like a fishing pole. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> it's like a fishing pole. With some bait on Allure. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
allure for criminals. I just pictured yeah. like scooping them. Well, that's like, what I thought but... too. But I'm like, where his house is and how nice his house is. It's like, okay, I'm, it's not like he's having he's getting this once it must a week. Be few where and somebody, far between when yeah. somebody like does that many people rob his house. Yeah, that that many people come in and think that they can get into your house, and then. There has to be other ways, because he is a detective. Like, there has to be other ways that he lures people to... Because he's kind of, like, a safe person at first. Like, he's not a big guy. He's super slender. So, like, if you see him in a cop car coming up to you and you're, like, on the streets, like, you probably are going to trust him, because he's not, like, creepy at first. Yeah. I don't know. At the end, I was like, okay, he keeps inviting people to his, like, little dinner party thing to get weird, but who was supposed to be there that night? Anyone. I mean, you couldn't have known that John was going to show up. I figured he just... He has schizophrenia. He just doesn't take his meds, gets drunk and dances around, and that's like a good time. Yeah. So that's his dinner party, and poor old John just showed Showed up up. at the wrong time, because it's like, well... That makes sense, but I was like, what the hell? But I... This must be what he spends all of his money on. And I'm curious if, like, the guy in the scrapbook, maybe he just... Maybe there was no dinner party involved with that. Maybe it was just like, well... I cut this guy up. Because in the pictures, too, like, I mean, he did the thing with the, the throat or whatever on John. But there is other pictures where, like, the chest was opened up. Like, there was limbs oh cut. Like, it made it made assumptions to, like, he cuts limbs off. I like, feel he like he staged all those photos because he's into, like, making movies and, like, doing special effects. I feel like he did it a are lot you, on himself, but like, are you I just saying that you think, think that he really did that to people? I think he really did that to people, and he only reason he didn't do it to John is because they people were looking for him because hmm. he was like a suspect an in a theory. bank robbery. Because he did all that special effect crap on himself, and then he actually had someone he could play with. Yeah, but like all those other people, like. I just don't think that you could do that to people and no one's going to say anything. Like, no one's going to be like, okay, this I know, that's like Especially a really major if thing. if you're a criminal and you get caught doing, like, okay, let me tell you this weird thing that happened. Like, I know that guy. He's the only person that thought to keep a picture and all that crap went down. I don't yeah. know. This is a tricky villain because, okay, we know he's a corrupt cop because he lets a criminal go and takes yeah. a bunch of money. Yeah. So we know he's a villain because of that. But we actually don't know if he's ever killed anyone before. No. So. I feel like he hasn't. I mean, he definitely knocked out that that poor ticket booth teller. That is yeah. a minimum wage job, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just feel like he could have because he knows how to hide it. What about when him and John were playing chess? That's when I was like, I had to suspend my disbelief because I was like, this cultured, not that good at chess. I thought that was the moment when they were going to be like friends and John was going to be like, you know what? This is nice. We're not so different, you and I. Yeah. yeah. And Warwick yeah. was going to be like, oh, okay, I'll let you go. I don't know. I think the really. the bank teller girlfriend is very problematic as well as far as dimensionality goes. Like, Because yeah. she tries to pull the we're not so different, you and I. And it's like, really? Right? As he's closing the door, you're trying to give her character some dimension? Nope. Yep. That's not how this works. No. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. She could have uh, done without the girlfriend, too, really. Yeah. Didn't need any of his backstory. I think it would have been just fine without She it. was a tragic bank teller with appendicitis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of just made his character seem really stupid. My appendicitis is acting up. It's like, I'm going to rob a bank for my girlfriend who, like, I mean, she works at a 
bank. She probably has some form of like, like baby, or a, something. An like, appendectomy is covered by yeah, your insurance. She's making it seem like, oh, like I can't, I can't go to a doctor. Like she probably can. And then when it he just finds made him her, seem so stupid. Like he finds so her, she's not in for pain. Me. She's yeah. really pretty though. Yeah. Eh. Like I, I was also like, uh, I was like, meh. This is your flashback, girl. Yeah. She like, looked like a bitch, but she was really pretty. Chocolate right. brown eyes. I have a. If it's brunette hair and brunette eyes, <laughs> you're like. That's yeah. what they're called. Yeah. I wish I had brown eyes. I have hazel eyes. So close. There was nothing about her that stood out to make me go like all those scenes where like he couldn't really hear what people yeah, were saying, he, but he was looking at her. I'm like, why? The flashbacks didn't work <laughs> at all. No. I had got the impression that she had appendicitis, one, <laughs> and two, was female. It was, uh, she was a problematic bank teller. Yeah. And she's also corrupt. But, you know, like, and then they're she's like, just... at the end, they're like, oh, she's going on trial. It's like, she didn't end up with any of the money. So how do you know she, she was the tip off? Like, that was yeah. just a... Well, the only reason they reason they knew it was her is because she didn't push the panic button or anything. Oh like, yeah, she yeah, didn't really yeah. react. She just kind of gave him the money, and then I think she like winked or something in the video, like it was something really stupid. She should have just been like, "I was in too much pain for my appendicitis. I couldn't press the button." <laughs> That's what I would have said. Also, uh, how does Warwick get all this energy? Like, look Ooh. at how much he had an entire party, but it was all him. Yeah. So. I mean, even find the time to cook the meal that he made. Because, like, when I when I have to make dinner after I get home from being a policeman, like, that takes all of my energy. Like, I make dinner, and then I watch an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and then I go to bed. But, like, he, he was more than one person in a party. He took care of kidnapping someone and beating them up. He was, like, motorboating his guests and dancing with them. And that was all in my honestly, having sex with them. I think that that honestly might just be a part of being a cop. Like they don't work normal eight <laughs> hour jobs, eight hour day jobs. Yeah. Like they usually are up for twelve to fourteen or days at a time doing. Because he's a I lieutenant, guess. so he like actually. Because he didn't even go on. to bed that night. Then no. he like went on a cop chase afterwards. Yeah, so I think that really just has to do with him being a cop. Like. He has to do stakeouts a lot, probably, well, I'm some guessing. Of it, like, some of it depends, like, because it's still night when John fake stabs Warwick, and then Warwick knocks him out on the door, and then you cut to, you cut to the bathroom, then the next morning. So, and then he's got the fake throat slash. Um, so there's, like, maybe four hours, maybe a couple hours he could have slept. You think he did? I, I think, but it's I... It's possible. I, I think there's, like, things that they could have done to make this more interesting. Like, maybe he steals... He's a... Why not a really corrupt cop? He steals coke from people. He, uh... One of the things I thought would have been great is, like, if that binder wasn't even his. He actually took that from a murderer because <laughs> he was interested in the makeup effects. Like, oh, this is what oh, a real murder looks like. This is how yeah. I, This is how I gotta do it. And that... And John if, was his first thing. Well, even if John wasn't his first, like... There are things that could have been brought up, like there's this missing binder. That's already yeah. more interesting than this teller or with the way that he like explained it. He could have been like, he could have explained like, oh, I took this from a guy who did this to people, and I'm really intrigued. Like, make it seem like I this is something. Oh, I see, that's try. real creepy. That yeah. gives me chills. Where it's like, and I'm just so oh. inspired. Like, Ugh. 
Then I wouldn't want to be John. And, like, especially if he was, like, isn't this beautiful? And was, like, pointing at things and, like, caressing the photos. Like, that would have been more, like, And that would make a lot more sense than him doing this to a bunch of other people and never getting caught. Yeah. Our fan fiction is just going to be a really good version of this movie. The thing that I, like, made me We have to rewrite the whole script. Yeah. Turn it in. Um, We're going to remake the perfect host. Listen, we had some issues. This is the perfecter host. (laughs) Well, the thing that I hated was when I read the... The director had an interview with this one site or whatever, and they were talking about the budget, and he was like, well, I had to rewrite the whole script because... Of the budget when we got approved for a budget like it wasn't it wouldn't have worked out with the script that i had so i had to rewrite it and so the idea was there but he had to change everything and it was like well fuck what was your what did he, yeah what was that? what was the last one <laughs> like because it started off as a short story and then he made it into a whole script for a movie well i wonder if that's like posted anywhere that's what I'm wondering. I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find anything. The one thing I thought was cool, which now I want to read that story too, is the whole idea came from a story his friend told him about a, like an evening he had with a criminal. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, he just met a criminal and they had dinner together and he told him a bunch of stories or like, what happened? Yeah, original scripts are really wild. Like yeah. the original script for Legend. Huh. With Tom Cruise? Yeah, with Tom Cruise and Tim Curry. That was, um, there was supposed to be, like, a huge, like, Lord of the Rings-style battle. And there was, like, oh. rape and stuff in it. Like, the hog monster, the hog beast that rapes movie. the lily. That's a good movie. Yeah, pretty good for this one. And then the, I read the original script for Little Monsters with, um, Howie Mandel and, what's the name, Fred Savage and Ben Savage. Oh, yeah. So that was, like, way more of an adult film. Yeah. And um, Maurice. Oh my god, he's so hot. We should do him <laughs> for this podcast. Because he's technically the villain, I guess, right? Yeah. Why who's him? He's supposed to be green instead of blue, and like they're cursing a lot more, and it's a lot more like like the kid, the Fred Savage character. He's a lot more like surly and dangerous. Ooh. And it's I pretty. Want to see that. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. See that one. Original scripts are fun. They are. So I imagine the perfect host was a lot more wild. My mouth hurts so much. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most talking I've done since before my days. operation. Yeah. Because yeah. I went to work today and I didn't think I could, but I did. And I like wasn't smiling at people. Yeah. <laughs> that was awkward. I wish, honestly, like reading fan fiction on stuff, I'm like, I wish they would just do short films and then people write in their fan fiction and they just choose the best one. Like, actually, (laughs) this is a really good, this is a cool idea. Let's combine these. I think there was, like, a sci-fi show. I have no idea what, what, I don't know, like, Battlestar Galactica or something. It was, like, something like that where they did this thing where every once in a while they would take people's fan fiction and ask them if they could use it for an episode. Oh, and they'd awesome. like always say yes and then they would like make episodes that were based on stories that people wrote they do that on um family guy really yeah they'll have like in the middle of the season they'll do like oh we're gonna do three short stories of family that we got in and it's like this is from jason from iowa or this is from john and this place whatever Ugh. what do we got now fresh veg fresh frozen veg seasoned asian style veg frozen Ooh. veg in a steam pack it's nice. going on my mouth. Oh. So, do you guys think that when John was having a romance with the sink, do you think that he actually... 
climaxed because it's very hard to uh, have sex without being touched and he was mm. not touching himself. So do you think that was like a fake like pretend thing? This is like the biggest question of the movie, of course. Um... <laughs> no, I think it was real. I mean, he sees people that aren't there. Very impressive. That's like a very like in your head when you can make yourself do that. That's very but, impressive. But I mean, there's, there's, you know, nocturnal emissions and there is non-voluntary male orgasm. So he might be so deep in his psychosis because he hasn't taken a single pill at that point yeah. that maybe like, maybe there are sensations real. going to the brain through those those yeah. channels that are that are doing that That's... like he's using his schiz he's relying on his schizophrenia to help him well he doesn't have a girlfriend <laughs> 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 okay mm. or boyfriend thank you you can edit that over to the other <laughs> thing dan Harmon. <laughs> i was curious what your guys favorite work moments were I had two that I thought were good tension-wise and it's, sold him as a villain. It's good when he turns from, like, super innocent, because he plays that so well, to, like... Because, like, the music swells and you know something's going to happen, and then he's, like, all of a sudden, like... Hank Hill. Yeah. He's, like, really straight yeah. male. But then he, like, turns into, like, the villain, and then that's what carries us through the rest of the movie. I like that. I think where the... We've had some problems... And it, it turned out it wasn't just me who had, you know, a few issues with how vague some of the tension was. But when he was calling Julia, like, and you kind of see uh, John is starting to break a sweat. And then he turns around as though he's about, like, he got her on the line and, like, has this look on his face. I was like, oh, no. Oh, there it goes. And yeah. then it was like, it was a good cop out where, like, it wasn't there. I was like, ah, you see, that was well done. I thought yeah. that was a good moment because he... Also wasn't calling anybody. Yeah, he was pretending the whole time. He was just doing a much better job of doing what John does minutes earlier when he calls his fake cousin. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then, yeah, I liked when he went from Warwick to the lieutenant character. Like, that was a cool shift. I think that's when everybody's villain boner goes away, though. Mm. Because I feel like whatever attraction you would have to, like, the villain of this film kind of disappears when he like answers the door in that gruff voice and he's just like a cop now. Like it's cool to think about like, oh, he's a policeman, but he does all this like crazy stuff on the other, on the side. A, a sexy murderer is one thing, but a corrupt cop, that's just gross. Gross. Yeah. That's just disgusting. <laughs> no, I actually like that when he was like, cause he had this elaborate silk pajama suit thing happening. And then all of a sudden he opens the door and he just like, <laughs> cotton robe and i was like nice wait was the robe in his head was the fancy robe in his mind we'll never know because it was in the bathroom scene when Does he even have a when pool? john wakes wait, up yeah he was he did yeah they were yeah, looking yeah, out yeah. in the sorry. pool in the morning sorry sorry yeah. sorry if he doesn't have a pool this story gets very problematic because yeah, like, just like, <laughs> John's like a pavement floating on a thing but then part of the part of like the vague sense of horror thing was like i would be scared if i woke up just like suspended by a few air tubes in a pool and i'm incoherent but then warwick like pops up from the bottom swimming around like like, oh oh there's someone here who can save me like i'm probably fine like i think yeah in the fan fiction he's just left in the pool i think that's more terrifying and i thought that was great because the neighbor lady was out on her porch like drinking tea or whatever and looking over and he starts moaning and then Warwick comes up out of the pool all happy, like, ah. Uh, and he's like, ugh, he just had too much to drink. 
And this is a funny movie, too. Like, I kind of forgot that aspect of it until I watched it again, and then I saw these kind of reviews on YouTube and people describing the film, and it's hilarious. And even when we were watching the end, I was kind of like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't people even described think... it as a dark comedy, and the director was like, that's not what I was going for. It's like, oh, I can, okay. I, it's like a, it's like a <laughs> horror comedy. It's a, it's a thriller comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And he's like, mm. I guess that's cool. That's how people take it. I'm like, how else? Because for me, like a <laughs> like black comedy or dark comedy, you root for the villain. Like um, payback with Mel Gibson. That's yeah. No, it's nah. That's just the tagline was rooting for the bad guy. But um, like crimes and misdemeanors, something where a murderer, like you kind of end up rooting for because their their story is funny. I guess Get Shorty is a good dark comedy as well. I haven't um, seen it. Yeah, so this is, I like the villain more than any other character in the movie, but I don't, know, I don't know if I'm rooting for him because I wanted to get to know someone in the movie better. Yeah. And I, I would have liked to get to know the villain more, but if they wanted to make the villain more evil, I would have liked to have gotten to know the main character more. Because all I know is his girlfriend has appendicitis. I don't know if he's a good guy. Like, maybe he's secretly a good guy, and his he's like a career criminal but he's like misunderstood we never find out so they should have chose one or the other i would have loved it if they would have done flashbacks with warwick as how he was as a child or how that how it came about that he had schizophrenia especially with his age and just how mental health is dealt with too it just would have been really interesting and it would have given like a really dark insight to this character how he got into doing makeup for one and how it's all gore would have been nice i mean i get it, he's a cop or whatever but like would have been nice to figure that's out that's what's like, so why cool is he about this movie this? is that he's it's all so of these bendy. things and he's yeah. a policeman and he's covering it all like he's hiding all of this and he's so confident about it like he gave yeah. john a couple thousand dollars and was just like go to mexico have fun and walks away all confidently with the rest of the money and hides it somewhere and it's like why does it is it like hush money like i'll send you off to mexico so that you don't tell anyone that that i did this i think that's kind of like the thrill of the adventure like he's just so spontaneous and like you know i feel like that he just like sends them off because like everything is this like fairy tale and like make-believe to him well he does say you know you made the night very entertaining so i think it's just kind of like he ha- he only took one pill, so he's like half in his party <laughs> mode still. Yeah. He's got an adrenaline rush from knocking True. out that toll booth attendant. He's got only one pill in his system. I think it kind of it did make sense that he's just like, well, get to Mexico. Maybe there's some protective like don't tell on me stuff, but mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's just kind of like he's just letting it ride. Yeah, um, we're pretty much voicing everything that I saw in reviews online. A lot of the excitement over this movie happened. A couple years ago now, this movie came out in 2010, so I couldn't really, like, speak to anyone about it, but I, I looked at the some recent reviews on Letterboxd, and um, I kind of screen-grabbed all of the Niles Crane bits. Yeah. So, Joe Reenwald from Letterboxd said, A criminal on the lam tries to hide out in the home of Niles Crane, basically- Oh, wait, oh, wait, I just- never mind, that's not a part of it. Um, he gave the movie three stars. Poe, 
gave the movie two and a half stars and described it as Niles Crane's life if Frasier had never come back to Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. That's pretty good. (laughs) And then the third one I grabbed was from Handsome underscore House, who gave the movie two and a half stars as well. These are two and a half stars, like out of five stars total. I never thought I'd see Niles fuck an invisible woman while whispering, love me, but here I am. (laughs) Here I am. That's about it. I mean, I not too many notes on this movie at all. Yeah, you know, the scenes that make me think he was crazy were like, so before the synchronized dance scene when he's on the table, there's a part of like the kind of dancing crowd where he dances away from like the entire movie. He dances away from all the imaginary people and away from John. And I was like, he just kind of had this look of his look in his eyes where like there was no recognition of anything really being real. Yeah. He was just kind of there. And I thought he looked really crazy then. I thought that was so War- Warwick was so crazy that he was just like going crazy out of his crazy. Is he's, that what you mean? He's not on his meds, you know, he, he keeps underdosing and yeah, there was a movie that I really love. Oh, the Shining. The Shining does that. Where you go you're in a hallucination and then you go into another hallucination. It's when Jack Torrance is at the bar and he's hallucinating the bartender and all the alcohol. And there's a part in the movie where he's talking to Lloyd. Lloyd isn't real. You're seeing his hallucination and Lloyd's making his drink and it shows Jack Torrance and he looks away and he's kind of dancing to this music that isn't playing and he takes nothing in the air and he in the the form of like he holds his hands up like he has a glass and he drinks nothing and you see him drinking an invisible glass but he's already hallucinating so he's hallucinating in a hallucination and it's totally throwaway like they don't say anything about it because it's like a genius movie but it's like is that kind of like what you're saying that john just or john um that Warwick just kind of kind of dances off for a second, like even though he's already in this like hallucination. Yeah, that's crazy. It's just there's like um, a lack of control, and there's already no control. So yeah. it was love to, it to me. The things that were sinister about him weren't his like threats of violence and stuff. That was all really playful. To me, the stuff that was sinister was just more subtle. Just uh, the uh, the changing his voice where. He, then you kind of realize he's been deceiving everyone he works with for his career. Like that's that's pretty good because it's yeah. like that actually betrays a much longer history of what we don't we don't know how long this has been going on. It seems kind of vague, but like if you're a lieutenant, you know you, you've been in the game for at least six to ten years. Like it, it kind of gives a little more precedent in that one moment that has nothing to do with his career. I think there's like a glimpse into sort of a creepier psycho he played psycho really well i hope that he gets he does another role where he's a psycho but maybe the budget's a little bit bigger i want to assume that david hyde pierce plays more villains on broadway because he knows i know he does Uh, a lot of mm -hmm. shows um so hopefully that's where this is all coming from because he plays an excellent villain and he's able to carry himself very well yeah he 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 carried this whole movie he gave such a good performance and like i was joking earlier about like how Maybe too much of the budget went to David Hyde Pierce, but they got their money's worth from him. And then yeah, if he wasn't of, in this know. movie, there would be no movie. As interesting yeah. as the character itself is, if they didn't have the right actor playing him, maybe it wouldn't have worked. For instance, like <laughs> this is so weird because the 
Crawford guy, this, the actor that played John, he looks like Ray Liotta, but like, for instance, if Ray Liotta played uh, Warwick's character, it would have been a not that would have been movie. great. Really? Except they, the two leads would have looked really similar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that Just actually would have still would have been throw great. in um, Ray Liotta is like has a really a dynamic range Liv, for like his Liv, Shre- 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 Liv Schreiber Schreiber in there as like the one of the guests or something. Yeah. Just really fuck with people. Um, it would have been cool if they, I mean, if they had a bigger budget, it actually would have been cool if his, like, imaginary people in his head were, were like, uh, like, college. Yeah, like. Like Tom Cruise? Like Hollywood royalty. Not so much Oh, like yeah, Cruise, good cameo like, potential. I see what you yeah. mean. Yeah. They all look sophisticated, so it would have been cool if it was just, like. By the way. The rest of the cast of Frasier. Yeah. Are we, like, out of food ideas? I feel like every time we do our what food would they be we just we're just like running out of options maybe we need to compile a a list of what we've already done pick a new gamer though i think i can think of one for this that i don't think has been done but okay well we can keep going but i feel like we're like i feel like we need a new game yeah what would they what kind of animal would they be what kind of animal would they be (laughs) that's even harder I don't know a lot of animals. What kind of city would they be? (laughs) What kind of food would they serve would be interesting. Because, well, this character serves food, and it's like lamb and green beans and... uh... Wasn't it like a duck head or something? Oh, it was duck, because he checks on the duck, and the whole duck is inside that... Oh, God, that looks good. (laughs) One of my favorite scenes is like... He's eating his guests' food as they talk. Yeah, that was so, so creepy and great. So I was good. like, "This is because he's staring at him. He yeah. won't." they're edging not... into like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There, they're edging into a really creepy dinner scene, and they kind of it kind of drops off. Yeah. that's the best. That and that then he's like gets. pigging out, and then he's like, "Oh, Nancy, you're you were hungry, weren't you?" <laughs> it was like you just like grabbed a handful for food, and he's so excited. <laughs> yeah, it should have ramped up more like that kind of like lack of control where like he has to do it so that he himself can kind of buy his own hallucinations There's eating. There's wasted potential like, in this movie. that could have gotten yeah. real, real yeah. creepy. Well, yeah. we, then what kind of food would Warwick Wilson have been? Just to go back to that though, because I, what I just realized is like, so when he was acting out what his guests would have done, <laughs> yeah. eating their food, that could have been like, oh, Chelsea, oh, you're into John, huh? And then he makes out with John <laughs> to act out like what one of his imaginary people's yeah. things? I think that's like that's a, there's a lot of missed stuff with just that theme, and I only just he has I so only much just sophistication with his friends though. Like his friends have these yeah. own storylines. Like they're yeah. the friends that are dating, and then he's kind of he has a relationship with one of them. I don't know. It's just ugh, he's the such guy a that's a lawyer, guy. and they're talking about art, and he goes and grabs his art and book. His imaginary friends mm-hmm. are so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're really cool, and they look even cooler at the end where they're on the couch, which and it's makes looking me in think the that pool. they didn't, they didn't, he didn't get any sleep like that night because to me that scene is like he's been up all night, and this is like the the after party where yeah. there's probably someone like swimming in the pool, and they're just like lounging around, and he has not slept at all, and it then he goes like- and he's, he's a cop. When I was in college, like when you're sitting with your friends and you've been drinking all night and you were not planning that, and the sun's coming up and, and you're just up. like. We should probably get breakfast or yeah. coffee. Like, it's too yeah. late to go to bed. Or pass out. Like, one or the other. Like, we need to do one or the uh, other. Where they're just kind of chilling and talking and bullshitting around until the right. doorbell rings. What food is he? He's probably not a peep. No. <laughs> what is he? He's so, like, he's so many things. Is he just, like, pills? Is he a casserole? Because he's so it's many things. has got to be a things. fancy casserole. What okay. kind of casserole? Like, a hot dish from the Midwest or a... 
Yeah, because they put a lot of crap in there. There's a lot of crap in, in their hot dish. In their hot dishes, yeah. How come um, I can never think of pill uh, pills? Wow. <laughs> How come <laughs> I can never think of food anymore? Because I'm always like thinking of like what if he's not, not exactly foods. A food. What if he is pills? I feel like he's just pills. It's he's just pills. White pills. He's just a bunch of different he's, pills. Oh, he's he's supplements because yeah. it's it's just vague. And it's kinda... vague and there's a lot of different. I'm trying to think of a vague food, but I think that like supplements and vitamins. Wait, like, can he be the pill mix that um is in that episode or episodes of Will and Grace that what's her name has? <gasps> oh she has shit! That, yes, she has the bowl of party pills. <laughs> it's Molly, the what's her Shanna? name in the. Oh, God. It's Will, Grace, Jack, and... What's her name? Grace. No, Will, Grace, Jack, and... She brings that baggie of pills and she puts it in a party bowl. That's what Warwick Wilson is. I'm just yeah. trying to think of a food that is, like, Not Molly vague, Shannon, Jesus That could Christ be anything, but it's, like... Karen Walker. Karen. Karen. But what's her real name, though? Oh, Megan Molly. Megan Mullally! Mullally. Oh, yeah. really? Megan Mullally. God, I didn't know she was in Will and Grace. Oh, yeah. She was the best character. Oh, gosh. She's amazing at everything she does. Yeah. Yeah. And she plays that character a lot in different things. When she was in Parks and Rec, she was kind of that the party, same woman. Party down. Her. Yeah. Same. Party down. Yep. Yep. Definitely the crazy ex-wife of Ron Swanson. And the real wife. And the Ron real wife Swanson. of Ron Swanson. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me really happy. <laughs> I think that Warwick is hot. Because of everything I described. Like, even if it... Because I I think Niles Crane, especially in the first two seasons of Frasier, is so attractive. Like, I can't stand it. But he was also very young back then, the actor. Mm -hmm. He had longer hair. He had a softer baby face. So he's not exactly physically attractive in this film. So the character of Warwick Wilson is attractive just because of his confidence and his imagination and... His skills. You definitely <laughs> would not be his bored. His imagination, which might also be his delusions. Yeah. Well, well this is a podcast about finding villains attractive. So, yeah. yeah, he's attractive because he is ridiculously crazy. Hot, and I, hot delusions. And it's, it's not a sexualization of his schizophrenia. It's just, like, you can have schizophrenia and have schizophrenia. This is a person who is really sadistic and loves it and has this horrible but creative personality and he has schizophrenia to kind of make all of that flourish. Like, yeah. this is him and he has schizophrenia. So it's not like a fetishization of that disorder. It's totally his personality. It's Yeah. I just thought he was really cool. I feel like if he didn't pretend to murder people, he would actually be fun to hang out with. But is he hot or not? Yeah, um, meh for me. Like a no yes. Yeah, like a no yes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Potential. Um, he has potential. Well, I mean, what what would make him? I mean, I'm not sure. I wasn't really attracted to his like party side. I wasn't really attracted to his like masculine like cop side either. I feel like he would be something somebody I really want to hang out with as a friend, even though he was. You really wouldn't know how your night would go. But he's not someone I'd ever find physically attractive. I think he's showed himself to be a very eccentric, exciting lover. Yeah. 
If he was with a real person. In the bathroom with a guy yeah. passed out in the tub. Yeah, that's how I like it. I mean, if he can do that, like, he could do so many other things. Yeah. Like, there's so many possibilities. I think he's an exhibitionist for sure, because he was doing stuff like that way at the beginning of the night. But he's like a cautious yeah. exhibitionist where it's like, well, I'll swim around in front of this person if they're drugged. Out of their <laughs> gourd. Yeah. Because well, he was flirting with the imaginary girl against the wall, and then his other guests were like, the, there's a party going on. Like, pay attention to us. And he was like, oh, sorry. And then he was like, motorboat. Again, he was motorboating who knows who, because he didn't specify at that point. Yeah. But in front of other people. So I think that in the movie, he's actually strictly just an exhibitionist. Like, he's not doing anything. Like, we don't see him doing anything romantic, like... In an intimate situation, like, he's never, like, alone with anyone. Yeah. Eric? Yeah. I mean, the things that I think I would be into are, like, vague. Because at first I'm like, oh, he has principles, because I don't think he kills anybody. But then I'm like, oh, he's a corrupt cop, so maybe he doesn't have principles. Very corrupt cop. So there's, yeah. things, there's things I would need to know more about, and I'm kind of interested in what the original script was like. Because Me I too. feel like the character has plenty of potential to be so like just cause so much tension and be like a real villain but um oh we need a sequel yeah just a reboot <laughs> yeah there does need to be a reboot there still david be... pierce yeah so, like our script yeah okay in, in my script such a sexy villain oh my god just like yeah richly oh, detailed three-dimensional yeah yeah because I don't think um, there's a lot of kink involved in this character, really. I think it's more... I think so. I think he likes, like, a good... Like, the people that he fantasizes about partying with in his imagination, schizophrenic, whichever the delusion is, they're, like, seem like a pretty good party crowd. That yeah, aren't, but that's like... the thing. The people that he's hanging out with, those are really straight-laced, kind of normal, like, high-society people. His fake relationships are normal sexual relationships but he's imagining all of that and like i just said like they're all like exhibitionist type situations within the movie that we saw so right there like those are kinks i suppose because i i know what you mean about like the friends he imagines are just very like kind of normal people a doctor but a lawyer he is imagining yeah. all of them in front of someone, like, on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I just think every sex, every character was sexier than that bank teller with appendicitis. It just, I she needed... Was, yeah. She was pretty bitch, she was bitchy, and that's the problem that I have with her. But yeah, all of his, his guests were very good looking. And I mean, why not? Like, if you're gonna imagine a bunch of people, you mean... Yeah. Well, imagine like a group super of cool good looking I like, friends. I, yeah. My favorite delusions were in the morning when he only takes one pill and his two imaginary friends. One of them is like, <laughs> you're supposed to take two of those so you can work. And she's like, like no. So like he has checks and balances within his imaginary <laughs> yeah. friends. Like there's, there's a lot more with this character that is interesting that just yeah. didn't get to get explored. Budget and time wise, you know, just. Yeah, didn't that was happen. the other thing. They only had 17 days and a small budget. So it wasn't, they didn't get to really dive in. I regret not renting this movie because they had a 
documentary that came with it, like on the DVD. What? Yeah, and I just, I couldn't, because I already watched it, and I just couldn't bring myself to pay the $4.99 <laughs> and drive all the way to Scarecrow to like rent it and then watch yeah. it. Because then I would feel like, oh, did I pay $5 just for the half hour documentary or just like buy it minute for or a dollar on yeah. Amazon. <laughs> really? Is it? Is it on the DVD? I fucked it up. Yeah, it's on the DVD. I'm guessing it's pretty cheap DVD on Amazon. It's okay, well, review. let's re-record. <laughs> yeah. Let's re-record the episode. All right, see you next, see you next time for... <laughs> Part two. The Perfect Host. Part two. two. We really need this. This is very necessary. I know, this is our first two-parter. Unexpected, but this is just where... No, I was really, like, wrestling, like, internally of, like, I should really be watching at least the documentary if we're going to do a whole podcast on this, but I didn't. And I regret it. Oh, well. Maybe they would have just said, like, dumb shit that we already knew, so. Yeah. Well, what do you want to do next time? I have a, I have an idea. I'm really it's excited. Your pick. I hope that you guys like it. What do you guys think of Charlize Theron's character from the two Snow White and the Huntsman movies? Oh, shit. She was evil, too. I'm into it. Yeah, I haven't just, watched those yet, so that'll good. be fun. Oh, I kind of want to, like, see her new movie, too. She looks... Crazy. That movie is super sexist because I already think after we do the after we do the Huntress, I think the next guy should be we should do Tim Curry from Legend or Tim Curry from anything. All right, Tim Curry. All right, Tim Curry. <laughs> we should do a Tim Curry from oh, Home Jesus. Alone to Lost in New York. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Bella. We should just do like there no, are just some movies. Legend and Rocky Horror. There's... Just Legend oh, and Rocky Horror. Yeah, awesome. Although Rocky Horror, it's like of course it's the sexiest villain and ever. Clue. Oh, I loved him in yeah. Clue. Anyway, Tim with Curry. the poop on the shoe and everybody kept smelling the poop. I think we should so do funny. yeah. Let's do Tim Curry from Legend because we could be probably amazing. go on for Tim Curry. Fair. Just Fair. Tim Curry as a villain. So good. He plays All such right. a good villain. So next month we are. He's doing... also the villain in The Shadow with Alec Baldwin. He's like the. Second I watched tier that entire villain. movie, and I don't remember anything about it. I watched it last summer. Well, the main villain's Genghis Khan. This is probably very interesting for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but Tim Curry invents the Beryllium Sphere, and he's amazing because he's a nerd who is bad. Sounds like Tim Robbins and Howard the Duck. Just like a vague character uh, in the background you don't even I remember. haven't watched that movie because I read the comics as a kid. My... Dude, watch the movie. Uh, but Dude. I, I, rated my dad's, I rated my dad's old 70s comics. And he was like, I have all this Howard the Duck. And I started reading him. He's like, now, some of that's pretty adult and you're not going to get it. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to explain it. Like, you'll get it later. Like, it's cool. Just like, enjoy it. And the art's amazing. But those comics are fucked up. (laughs) So I heard the movie was just way too campy, basically. It is extremely campy. But the weird thing is it's rated PG, but there's like condoms and like uh, bestiality and like duck boobs. It's like very inappropriate. Oh, he works at a brothel. So it's like the comic books in that way. Yet it looks like it looks like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or um, the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Yeah. It's like that. The very comics weird. like introduced me to some weird shit. Like there's I bet. There's somebody at a bus stop in one of those comics and like someone starts to mug this woman and he like beats that guy up and she's like, What the that's my boyfriend we're doing a fucking rape fantasy it's like this is <laughs> fucking i had never heard and that's how young eric learned about rape fantasy <laughs> oh, I, and I was like wow that's crazy i don't understand how the movie got a pg rating like if if that's the comic books and this is the movie they made then why the rating yeah. 
Well, it's that's like weird. not even that's like so that that whole like bus stop scene. People is think like, it's a children's movie and they bring their kids. Oh, it's because so... that way you can make more money. That's why it took so long for like Deadpool to come out, and it was like it's rated R. Like fucking finally, <sighs> all these comic in books. That theater. I know. So did I. And I was like, this is not like a regular comic book movie. I saw like kids they in the Prometheus movie. <laughs> that was honestly, sad. I. When I went and saw Deadpool on Valentine's Day, and I felt less embarrassed that there were kids in that theater. When I went and saw Transformers, and there was that whole like, oh, his parents walk in, and he's know. like, they think he's masturbating, oh, but he's yeah. just hiding was a girl. I was like, one? I was like, I am so no, the first one, the only one I saw wow. in theaters <laughs> by myself. Yeah. I like, I I was like, I am so fucking embarrassed for every kid in here in here with their parents because this is so bad yeah like and this is like so not representative of like how teens actually are like this yeah. is just how 80s movies were though we yeah. all had to deal with that but yeah. it's not like stranger things being good 80s movies this is just no, no, like no. Bad. 80s movies had like inappropriate situations in them and kids just had to deal with it so did their parents yeah uh beatles just had the f word he was in a brothel too yeah whorehouse yeah, I was always so confused. They're like, comic books are so brutal. Like, why are they making this for children? Like, I don't think like, and if you think children are into this for the comic books, well, then why wouldn't you the make them like aren't the comic necessarily books? For, kids comics are for children. Adult comics are for adults. Well, yeah, no, but I mean, yeah. like X Men, like Marvel, like would you Those read are the so com- violent? They're Not so the Marvel violent, ones, but the yeah. But they make the movies and they're like, we're making this for children. Like, what part of the comic books are ch- for children other than the fact that they're, like, cartoons? Do you think children <laughs> went to go see Logan? Oh, Logan was brutal. Yeah, that I was seen so it. fucking brutal. You haven't seen it yet? <laughs> I missed it. It is like, it's like a Quentin Tarantino movie, but with no humor. Yeah, yeah it is. Everybody it's told me funny. it was, like, just, like, super serious and good. Oh, yeah. It is yeah, horrific. It. It's, like, uh, it's not as bad as Passion of the Christ, if you saw that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that violent. I guess, like, so, some of the comics that Can we I've... finish the... Can we end the podcast? Oh, I thought oh, we yeah. already did. No, <laughs> no. Um, is that going in? <laughs> I have to cut all of this out, uh, sadly. Um, but... We're going to do uh, Charlize Theron's character from Snow White and the Huntsman and the following sequel, the Something Something Huntsman. And I also forget Winter's her name. Winter's War. And she of is... Course, I know the name of them. I just The seen. Evil Queen. She has a name in the film. I don't remember what it is, but we're doing that next month. And then also, um, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and follow us, uh, download us on iTunes and write a review. No one's written a review for us, and no one has sent in a Creep Corner story, and um, let me describe a little bit more of what a Creep Corner story is. So what we're looking for is, if you listen to this podcast, and you find just any villain attractive, it doesn't matter if we've talked about them already, if, if we never talk about them, just any villain that you've ever found attractive, like in your childhood, or like recently... Just shoot us a story. Doesn't have to be long at all. It can be like super long or just like a couple sentences. You can send it to hotbadpod at gmail.com or you can send it to our Tumblr page of the same name. It's just our uh, super hot bad guy podcast Tumblr page. Um, If you send it to us that way, you have the option of being anonymous if you so prefer. But basically, we're just trying to gather stories so that 
as part of an episode at the end we can read a story that someone has like sent in preferably every episode that would be That'd amazing be awesome. literally no one has ever sent us a story unless i asked them and like hunted them down and like creepily asked that like a stranger online to like send in a story because i have read stories in the past but that's from me being super creepy which it might be why we call it a creep corner story. We should just change the meaning of the name. <laughs> I'm the you, creep. You creep on people and get yeah, their story. I do. <laughs> this is the new, this is how we're doing it from now on. No, no, I'm No more asking. <laughs> yeah, Caring. please just, please fucking just do it. Because I, I don't want to be a creep. Don't make us creep you. Just, uh, just cut that part out and just send it in and then you'll be like a god. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's about it. Have... <laughs> A wonderful night. Yay. Morning. Have a wonderful Afternoon. flight. Ooh. 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 All right. Happy August. Happy August.